Hey guys, welcome to the You Make the Scene podcast. My name is Josh, and this is episode number 72. So, this week on the episode, I had an awesome conversation with Ariel Belvalaire. She is an up and coming guitarist. Um, she's got her own solo project that she's working on now, putting out original music. And yeah, we had a lot of fun talking, um, really kind of getting to know her, you know, like I said, she's a relative newcomer to at least her own work, uh, her solo work. She's done incredible things, worked with tons of people on different projects and has been playing for quite a while, uh, but, you know, is now really making that focus on her solo career and putting out music that she truly enjoys. Um, In this conversation, we talked about all sorts of stuff, uh, kind of her beginnings within music, some of her inspirations, um, her playing style, the way that she incorporates her gymnastics and aerial acrobatics into her performances as well, um, and much more. So I definitely think this is someone that you guys need to check out. I know I say this virtually every time I have a podcast, but it's always true. Like The artists that we bring on to the show are truly artists that we enjoy, um, that I enjoy, that I have listened to and, you know, see potential in or am a fan of or whatever the case may be. Um, and yeah, so at least do me the favor of going and checking out her new single elastic. Um, she's got new music on the way as well, but for now, let's dive into my conversation with Ariel Belvalaire. Um, so to kick things off, I do start with the same boring-ass question every time. Yeah. And that is, <laughs> right, yeah, simply, what's your name and kind of how did you get started with music? Well, hi, I'm Ariel Belvalaire. I know it's a it's super hard to pronounce, so I'm always glad when somebody asks me instead of just going for it. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I always wanted to be a singer, specifically Avril Lavigne. I didn't even want to be a musician. I just wanted to be Avril Lavigne, specifically. Um, So my mom was just like, well, okay, we'll put you in voice lessons. And um, the studio I took voice lessons at at 10 years old had a rock band program called Rock Band Jam, perfectly named. And basically they take different students from each instrument and just put a band together and coach you as a band. So I was the singer in the band and um, I loved it. And at the end of the little summer camp, they had a little recital for us at a pub. So I did my first show on a stage at 10 years old and it was just, it was over after that. (laughs) I just loved having an audience. I loved being on stage. I loved performing with a band. So I kept going and eventually just like formed a steady band with these other students as well. Um, Just like even outside of the rock band jam program. And then the next summer, our guitar players, I think we, I want to say we lost them to soccer or some, some sort of sport, of course. (laughs) Right. And I was just like, well, okay. I know, I know the basic chords. Uh, I'll just start learning guitar and just be the guitarist in the band too. So I, from day one of guitar, really, I had to learn how to sing and play and I loved it. It gave me an identity. And of course, Avril Lavigne was being seen held, holding a fender. So I was like, oh, okay, it's totally cool. We're good. We're fine. Right. <laughs> um, and uh, I started hearing rock music because we were doing like the punk pop and I heard Crazy Train from Ozzy. And that interview or that not interview, that intro just completely blew my mind. Just it was so good. And then the solo happened and it was just over. I was like, I have to do that. So I did. I started learning it. And at my very first show playing lead guitar, 
I played Crazy Train the best I could for the time. And the audience was silent. And I was like, oh God, I know I missed a few notes, but was it really that bad? And then they started screaming saying, oh my God, a little tiny girl just played that guitar solo. And I was like, oh, it's like that. Yeah. <laughs> so it just completely spiraled out of control from there on. I was like, all right, I have to be the lead guitarist. I have to be the singer. I started writing my own music. And then from there on, I was like, okay, I can have a band, but it needs to be my own band. So I just kept just working for it from there and just more and more things started happening. So yeah, that's that was pretty much the start of it. And just, I kept going. So here we are. <laughs> right. Awesome. Crazy. And I mean, there are definitely worse role models to have than Avril Lavigne, uh, you I know? Like, love her. <laughs> yeah. But she just did the song with uh, Mod Sun and it's phenomenal. Like oh, her new album is solid. Yeah. Oh man. I think I will always love Avril so much. Like she's, yeah, she's just so good. And her music is so timeless too. Yeah. And I think the, the big thing for her is she's not afraid to be herself. She's unapologetically herself. Yeah, I love it. Like in her last interview, she was just talking about pretty much just being yourself. Like she was having some issues with her record label even. And she was like, nope, I'm still going to put out the songs I love. And she's just, that's like her entire message to fans. And it's, it's so nice seeing like a rock star, just not afraid to tell people, no, this is who I am. So she's a great role model in general. It's just amazing. Yeah. And I love her music. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think, you know, for her too, like, I remember when I first heard, you know, complicated skater boy, all that stuff, you yeah. know, and like to see her longevity and still very much be herself and not ever really have conformed to the label. Yeah, I love that she's still like the punk rocker too. Like she will still wear boy clothes like she did at 17. So right. kudos, that's amazing. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so let's dive into a little bit about your uh, guitar. So you're, you love Fender, obviously. Um, you do a lot of work with them. Um, but let's talk in, in specifics around how you decided what your style was going to be. Um, because you, you do a very, very good job at almost a metal uh, aesthetic oh, totally. to it, you know? Yeah. It's so interesting, like with guitar, obviously being the musical guitarist I am, the shreddier, crazier the solo, the more likely I want to play it. But, you know, some of those songs don't necessarily fit my voice per se. So I'm just like, all right, I'll learn everything I can. But when it comes to my own music, I want to do things that'll fit my voice better. So it's like the punk rock pop, like the Green Day, the Avril Lavigne's, the Fall Out Boys, like that's what I love singing and performing because I can just I can just be myself and get into it but any second I have some you know free range of stage I will just be doing the Aussie metal shreds uh, I learned jump from Van Halen the other day and I'm nice. just like okay you know what the flashy metal stuff with the tapping you know what I'm gonna add that over the punk pop stuff anyway just because it's cool and you know if you can do it why not so yeah my whole thing was just learn every possible style I can, you know, just to experience it, expand on my own music. And I can do all of that. And I love performing it. But my fate, my, my heart always goes back to like the punk pop, because that's just what I perform best. And that's where I feel the most at home. But I love adding other little elements of things here and there, especially live. <laughs> right. But I, I think it brings a unique energy um, to the music, yeah. you know, so especially live where you can get that little break and go, you know what, here's a solo that you didn't expect out of a pop punk song. Exactly. And, you know, live, like you said, especially live, it's just like people just want their faces melted. They may not know it, but they do. <laughs> and, you know, you can throw in the crazy gymnastics trick and make it a show. Like um, one thing I love about watching the rockers, like they will be jumping off the drums. They'll be climbing up the risers. And I'm yeah. just like, you know what? I'm going to do that too. I love it. So it's just like finding bits and pieces of what you love and just putting it together to make the best show possible for the audience. And just because it's fun too. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think, you know, you're in kind of a, a unique spot because you're kind of bringing these two genres together. Um, but I think it's, it's interesting because even at your young age, at least compared to me, um, <laughs> you know, you've, you've got such longevity ahead of you that it's great that you're already figuring out this is the sound that I want so that yeah. you can perfect that versus being on the hunt for where do I fit in? Oh man, that, that has been such a struggle. I can't even tell you like the Avril Lavigne's and the Green Days and the Follow Boys, like that always made me the happiest musically. But then, you know, I have so many people tell me, oh, that style's out. You can't, you can't do that for your original stuff anymore. You have to, you have to, you know, go like the commercial pop route if you want to make it. And, you know, I've, I've tried every genre, um, well, mostly pop for my own stuff. And I've toned back the guitar and I'll like songs, but then... I'll hear something else and it'll just make me so happy. It'll give me that burst of energy where I just want to like get up and run laps. And then, right. you know, I would hear the songs that somebody else would have me do saying, this is what you need to be. And like, I would like it, but it didn't give me that burst of energy that the songs I truly love do. So, and you know, one, another thing I've noticed, especially with the internet too, there is a place for absolutely every genre and now there is an audience for every genre regardless of like radio stations even so yeah. it's so important to just be yourself because when you're not you will get called out for it um, <laughs> right. yeah oh they are very quick to call you out for it too so yeah. it's so nice like my style is always changing but the one thing that has never changed is my love for like hearing guitar on your tracks and just guitar in general like I even realize I'm in an interview holding a guitar pick. Like, who does that guitarist? You have to love it, right? Right. right. Yeah. And uh, I think, you know, the you mentioned like people say that pop punk is is dead or it's not really it, it's definitely not where it used to be. But I think there's definitely a second coming, right? Like yeah. state champs. And then you have all the revival tours, Newfound Glory, Simple Plan are going back out on tour. Like Pop punk never died. It just doesn't get played on the radio. Exactly. And now there are so many other outlets besides the radio. So like there's no dead genres. There's just not. There's always going to be an audience for everything. You just have to find it. Yeah, <laughs> and that's absolutely. Really nice. Yeah. And I think that's the advantage now with the digital age. Like me growing up, the Internet existed, obviously, but we didn't have Spotify or anything like that. Right. Um, so we have like MySpace and and some other social medias, but nothing that was geared directly towards music right. in the sense of Spotify and SoundCloud and just all these platforms that you have now. And like you said, like there's a spot for everybody nowadays. Yeah, You can put anything you want out on Spotify absolutely free. And if you promote it yourself and are authentic, and I think that was kind of a point that you were getting to earlier, the authenticity is where it matters. If I'm authentic and playing what I love, the people that love that are going to come as well. Oh, absolutely. And they'll just be, they'll just be appreciative that you are yourself because it's, it's hard to find. You'd be surprised. Like so many people just want to, want to do things for the money or, you know, with the, or the idea of money, I should right. say. <laughs> musicians man um yeah everybody has this idea that you just have to be something but when you see somebody just do what they love you just you just want to watch that it's just so special and you know there's so many people doing it that you have to be yourself in order just to be noticed really yeah and i think that's the the big thing i think it's always been that way but like you notice it more and more now that the cookie cutter for the radio isn't what people are tending to go towards anymore so now it is really about those individuals absolutely you just have to like you know put your own spin on things and just do it your own way because you know everything else is taken already <laughs> but and i i think you know tying it back to you specifically uh that's a perfect point with you've incorporated gymnastics aerial gymnastics acrobatics all these 
almost stunt level uh, types of performances. What kind of, I guess, inspired you to be like, this is a direction that I can go with that? It actually completely happened by accident. <laughs> um, I was a gymnast growing up and I was, I'm just, I was always flipping around the yard and just running around doing handstands. Like if you, if you haven't noticed, I don't sit still. <laughs> um, and you know, I would, I was always doing splits and stuff. So I just did one on stage once while I was playing guitar and the audience again went nuts. So I was like, Oh, okay. So they like female guitarists and they like tricks. Cool. I mean, I'm all about the show and making the audience just have a memorable, memorable, that's the word, memorable experience. <laughs> and they just loved it. So I was like, okay, what other gymnastic tricks do I know that I could do with a guitar? So, you know, I did like the back bends and everyone's like, oh, that's cool. And um, yeah, so I was just doing that just in every show and people started uh, calling me just like the crazy gymnast guitarist, which I am <laughs> all, all around, mostly just crazy, right. but, but we'll throw in a gymnastics trick here and there. Um, and then one day in LA, there was a circus fitness class. So I was like, Ooh, that sounds fun. So I was trying all the circus equipment and I was just hanging upside down and I was naturally pretty good at it. Cause it wasn't, too far off from gymnastics. So then my next question is always, okay, this looks really cool. How can I add this to a live show? So I happen to have a guitar strap that goes around your waist. It's actually mm -hmm. to just keep the weight off your shoulders so you don't hurt yourself. So right. I did the complete opposite and was like, what's the most dangerous possible thing I could do with this? <laughs> So I tried hanging upside down and it didn't fall off and hit me in the head. So I was like, we're good. And, you know, same thing. I posted a video of it and people are just like, what is this? I've never seen it. It's really cool. So then it just spiraled out of control again and just became a thing. And I, I just love putting on a show. So anything I can think of that's wild and crazy, I will do on stage. Yeah. And I think, you know, again, it, it goes to setting yourself apart like obviously you don't want to go so far as to become like a novelty act by any means right right but at the same time you don't want to be the one that just stands there at the mic stand playing a guitar and singing and not moving or doing oh anything. yeah it's so funny because um people will like come after me and be like oh a complete novelty act but really i just do it because it's fun and if if you like see what i do i'll do things where i'm just playing guitar I'll just sing sometimes, I'll sing and play guitar, and then I'll sprinkle in some wild, fun, crazy things. So it's like, it's a part of me, but it's not everything. So, you know, I like to keep the different lanes, but like find a way to just bring everything together too for the sake of the show. So it's been a, it's been a really fun challenge trying to figure out how I can incorporate it into a show too. Right. Well, and especially, you know, COVID obviously put a break on everything as far as you know shows and planning kind of how a set would look or whatever but i think you know the the interesting thing with that is it really becomes a how do we incorporate this through the journey right like right. obviously you know no offense but we're not putting on arena shows where i've got I you know rigging know. and everything right now so how do i do this on a club stage or you know whatever to figure out that growth pattern Absolutely. And um, it's definitely hard because like aerial equipment, like you said, it can't be just on a regular stage. So it's like um, that just has to be the icing on the cake. You need like the foundation first where you can just like put on an, a show that people will remember without all the extra added bits of glitter and sparkle and frosting. So, um, yeah, you just have to have a really great foundation and then just like bring in other things that will just really make a great show and COVID was actually really good for that because it gave so much time to just like figure out what you're good at what you need to improve on practice it and then just figure out new ways of incorporating it for when shows do come back so it was actually good as hard as it was not being able to perform yeah and I, I've said several times on the podcast that to me as much as it sucked that live shows went away um you know, being on my side of the music industry, I got to see the kind of the fan experience that 
it leveled the playing field for everybody. Nobody can play a show. So you have to put out solid content and mm -hmm. show that you can do it. Yeah, it's so crazy. And now like you're basically performing for people in your living room and everyone can do that. So there are literally no bells and whistles. You're lucky to even have a microphone at this point. Right. <laughs> so it's just like, you really had to just work on yourself and just be able to put on a show with literally with nothing, not even a stage. So it was just so good for just practicing. And you know, like as soon as shows do open up and you have an actual stage, it's gonna be like a completely different level of experience now. Yeah. So it's exciting. I'm, I'm just yeah. happy they're coming back though. <laughs> I, I am too, you know, I've already started planning, uh, kind of mapping out around my area, like, okay, this shows on this day, I can make that. Can I go over here and do this? Like, I'm just so ready for that energy that a live show brings. Yes, there is, there's just nothing like the live show. Like live streams are really fun. I love seeing people's reactions and just the text dialogue, but you can't feel the live energy and that's what really keeps you going. So it's, it's very exciting that it's coming back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I've, I've made the joke to several artists about, um, you know, on a live stream at best you get an emoji. Well, yeah. cool. How do I react to your emoji on stage? You know, but I a live show, I don't know. right. Yeah. <laughs> but, but you know, a live show when, fans start singing the, the words louder than you are, or, you know, you hit that guitar solo and their jaws drop, like that's the feeling that you want. Oh yeah. And you're just like, okay, I think you're not like, I think they like it. You just, you know, they do. And you're like, okay, I can feed off of that and go crazy. Or is, whereas like, I know when I was in the living room, just performing, it's like, uh, can they hear that? Did that guitar solo even come through? Did they like right. it? Okay, I, I guess I'm going to assume they did and just keep going and hope for the best. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, especially for most bands, you had some big bands, obviously, that did full production live streams, like yeah. Dropkick Murphys played at Fenway Park, like, but not everybody can do that, you know? No. <laughs> so I think it still comes in, though, that you have someone like Dropkick that does Fenway Park, full live stream, um, full, you know, setup and everything, but still they had nothing really to base the reactions on. Cool, the camera guy likes it, but what do fans think? Yeah, I had that, that experience too. I had one live stream show. It was actually a live stream festival. So it's like um, they have a different lineup of bands and you're on a soundstage performing. It was so nice to be on stage and Thankfully, the camera, the camera crew was really into the show, too. They looked like they were having a blast, but there was three of them and you're performing with like a screen in your face. So you're like, yeah, all right. I, we got some people enjoying it, but it's like even the full productions, I think, in, you know, actually, I think the full production live streams were harder than just the ones in your living room, just because, right. you know, you have the big cameras in your face and you know, still nothing to go off of. Whereas in your living room, at least I have my guinea pigs just rocking out with me. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I, I think, you know, to me anyway, the, the full production ones are cool, but they're, they're almost the novelty act. I would much rather right. see the artist at home, makes it a little more intimate. They can yeah. stop and do the talks and, and, you know, this song's about whatever, you know, and just, it feels more like a hangout versus, okay, I paid for this concert ticket that is a performance, but I'm not really there to enjoy it. Right, right. Although I will say it is really cool, like um, seeing the text come up and you can kind of have a conversation with people while you're performing, whereas live, you can't hear anything <laughs> most of the right. time. Yeah. So it's definitely um, a trade off. <laughs> Yeah, it, and I think, you know, my hope anyway, with live music coming back is these live streams and all the social media, like you're super active on Instagram. Um, right. My hope is that when all the live shows do get to come back, that that fan interaction carries over and people really appreciate live music again, you know, whereas right. I think we almost took it for granted to some extent, you know, like, cool, we can go see the show. like. With, with where I live, literally almost every night of the week, I can go see a show. 
Right, so right. It loses that that little bit of finesse to it. It does. Although from what I can hear, and it's just coming back now, but everybody's saying, oh, I'm so excited to see live music again. So I'm really curious to see just like the crowd interaction when we do start performing live again. So yeah. I think it's going to be even more than the crazy concerts we had before COVID where people were excited. It's just going to be a whole, it's going to be like a new experience all over again. Yeah, for sure. And I, I think it's going to be hopefully a very, I don't want to make it sound too businessy, but a, a lucrative to some degree time in music where people want to go out and spend money and support the artists that they love. Um, because when live music fully opens back up, it's going to be the most competitive it's ever been, right? Like you're going to have so many bands on the road at the same time. You're going to have so many yeah. tour schedules that are conflicting with each other or, you know, like, like newfound glory and simple plan going on the road together. Like, well, there's two yeah. bands that I definitely want to see. How does anybody compete with that show? You know, like, where do it's I go? So true. It's so true. Although I'm curious to see how many different bands like come together now that wouldn't normally and just are like, you know what? I just want to play. So they'll like right. they'll have different artists on the bill that wouldn't normally be together. And I'm also curious to see like some of the acts that weren't really touring much anymore before COVID. I'm curious to like see if they want to come back too, just because it's been such a hiatus for everybody that we all just want to get back out there and perform to like a new crowd again so yeah. it's it's really cool but it also has weeded out a lot of musicians too like you have to really want it now because there's so much competition yeah yeah and i think that was kind of the defining moment of covid right like okay nobody can tour now so now we're really going to see who's in this for the right reasons for the love of music right versus right. chasing a paycheck Oh yeah, there were there were no ch paychecks at all during COVID. You have to love it. <laughs> right. Um, oh, talk a little bit about uh, with COVID. Obviously, you know we've been going over the fact that no shows. But how did that influence kind of your writing and and giving you the time and freedom to to sit down and write? It's really interesting. Like before COVID, I, I did write a lot of songs, but like. I was so busy having so many other things to do that I would get little bits and pieces of songs that would come to me. And sometimes if I had time, I would finish them. Um, sometimes I wouldn't, but like it was the designated writing sessions that like really got a song out of me. Whereas like during COVID, there were just so many emotions all the time. So I had so many bits and pieces of songs like weekly I'd probably have like six different little pieces of songs and then I had the option of being like okay I have like six songs started I have time to finish them which one am I feeling today so most of my songs right. were about just like dealing with people and relationships whether not not necessarily romantic relationships just relationships with people and you know during COVID you're not even seeing people anymore so like the songs shifted from being just about relationships to just about like what you're feeling or like the depression of not having shows or an outlet to perform so it was like new songs with completely different topics that I never thought I would even think of singing about so it's right. really brought a whole new I guess emotional range out of me musically yeah and I, I think that's the interesting thing is you know especially for artists in the music industry, like not necessarily narcissistic is the only word that is coming to mind right now. And I don't mean it in the negative sense, but you know, like to be the front person of a, a band, you have to, to want to be in front of people and want attention. And so when that's all taken away from you, it, it definitely messes with your head to some extent where oh, yeah. now I'm not getting that attention I, I was after or, and again, I don't mean it in the negative way. It's just, it's, it's an energy that's super hard to explain to people that don't experience it. Yeah, it's so interesting. Cause like me, when I'm like on and in show mode, I'm super outgoing, but like when I don't have shows, I'm actually just like really quiet, just like hanging out with my guinea pigs, just wanting to be home. But I found like 
even though that's like how I feel like I am not having the completely opposite spectrum of it of being able to perform I was having like an identity crisis almost yeah. it's like not like the need of attention but the need to perform so it's like who am I even like you don't expect that um like it's not narcissistic it's just like it's it becomes a part of you just like performing and entertaining people that when you don't have it you're just like lost it was crazy I never thought I would experience it but when I did it's like oh wow it's it's a whole nother level <laughs> yeah I I've said it's kind of the closest that a musician can experience to a pro athlete getting injured, right? Like, yes, this, is my, this is what I love to do, but now I can't do it. And, yeah, and then you're luckily like, with COVID, it's, it's not a recovery. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and, th yeah. and that's, that's where it gets heavy on the mind. Right. So it's, it's that I thought I knew what I wanted or who I was, and now I can't be that person. So what, what else can I do? Yeah, that was the hardest part because it's not like you're like, okay, I don't want to do this anymore. It's no, you can't do this anymore. So like yeah. that, that in itself was totally just playing mind games with you, like the whole pandemic. And then like closer to the end, you're like, all right, well, I'm, I'm getting used to this. I can perform at home. And then it started coming back. So it's like, okay, uh, how am I going to do in the real world now? <laughs> it's like right. learning how to walk all over again but with a guitar. Yeah, and I think that'll be the the interesting thing. The first few shows that anybody has back is, okay, we may have played these or rehearsed them a few times or maybe did a live stream, but knowing the cadence for when a crowd responds is totally different now. Oh, man. I did um, one show, one live show during COVID when it was starting to get a little better. This was actually with a Michael Jackson tribute, which is... Mm -hmm. So much fun to play with because who doesn't love Michael Jackson songs right. playing them is even more fun than listening to them <laughs> and I had really bad stage fright for the first time in years really before going on like I would always get jitters and butterflies but this was like oh my god can I do it and you know I went on stage and it it felt really different like I loved it um but it was so different it was like okay, this is exactly what I'm meant to be and what I'm supposed to be doing what, um, as opposed to, okay, another show today. So it was completely different and just gave me a whole new appreciation for what I do too. And then there weren't too many more shows after that for a while, but it was just so interesting, like comparing before, during, and now after. So I'm excited that more shows are gonna yeah. keep happening, but I'll definitely have a new appreciation for them too. And I think the, the nice thing with that, for like what you just said you experienced, it shows that this is what matters, right? Like, yeah. if there was no emotion tied to it, then you just would have got up there, it would have been your normal job and done it. But the fact that there was a little bit of like self-doubt, some nerves going on, it's like, I, I want to do this well. It's not, like we yeah. said earlier, it's not a paycheck. It's what I love. Oh, yeah. And um I, I don't know if I've ever performed quite that hard on stage. I'm sure I have, but like I went off with the guitar and it felt so good. And I was like, okay, I am so ready for just all of the tours, all of, all of my own music. I, I, I'm so happy to like bring all my energy to other people's projects too. But now I'm just so excited to just do my own too, because COVID really made me dig deep as an artist and be like, yeah. okay, I'm ready for my own stuff too, as opposed to just playing with other people where I was always a solo artist, but I took a lot of other gigs too. And now it's like, okay, now you have a specific direction. You can still, you can be picky, pick and, pick and choose your shows really. Yeah. But um, yeah, as opposed to like just taking everything because it's a paycheck. So COVID really did weed that out. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's dive into, you know, speaking of your own music, uh, the video for Elastic just came out not too long ago. Um, and A, it's an amazing video that we're going to oh, link because <laughs> I don't think people understand, like, I definitely want you to, to talk in depth about this because 
in the video, they're going to watch it and they're going to see you performing on a, a motorcycle and just assume that it was all like, oh, she was wired up. It's all overlays. It's, the, you know, this very rigged thing, but it wasn't, right? No. <laughs> so we actually had a team of four of us, just four of us doing the video, me included. So me and a team of three. <laughs> so for that scene, um, we have someone riding the motorcycle because I wasn't about to drive and play. I know I'm crazy, <laughs> but I'm not quite that crazy. <laughs> and um, I had in-ear monitors so I could hear everything. I have my guitar plugged in wirelessly too, so I can I can hear everything just so it's spot on with the song. And we're in the middle of the desert <laughs> at 5 a.m. because we wanted first we wanted the first light. So we are yeah. we are up at three in the morning driving with everything in a big sprinter van. And so we have the camera. And so we have somebody driving the sprinter van, the side door open, um, tied open so it can't close. There's somebody holding the camera and the van is literally driving along with us in the in the desert. So we're both just like parallel to each other. Yeah. And I can hear the song starting as soon as I stood up and was just like in position, I would give a big thumbs up and the song would start playing. And I did take after take, just standing and playing like on a moving motorcycle. And I was actually really nervous about that scene. Like I can do flips and stuff, but riding motorcycles was never, never a thing for me. And they always kind of scared me. But when the director was like, well, how about a stunt of playing on the back of a moving motorcycle? I was like, that sounds terrifying, I'm in. So, um, <laughs> but like, I don't know, something clicked in me because I am a performer. The second the song started, I was just like, oh, you know what? I've got this. And I would just stand up and just start playing. And then next thing you know, I've got my arms out and we just did take after take. And it was, it was not staged at all. Like we actually did it. We were just driving and having a camera ride alongside of us. It was crazy. Yeah. And I think that's what's so interesting to me is, you know, if this was a movie or even many other artists performing that same thing, the motorcycle would have been on a dolly or, you know, like there's so much that they would have set up to make it not that you were being dangerous by any means. It was probably a little dangerous, but like <laughs> you not intentionally trying to be dangerous. We'll put it that exactly. way. <laughs> uh, but, you know, like, from so many other artists or a movie, like that wouldn't have been a risk that they took at all. No, whereas me, I didn't even think twice about it. It's just like, all right, we're going to do it to get the shot to make the best project possible. And that's just, that's just how I operate with anything I do really. Um, the whole, the, the motto we have around here is do it right or don't do it at all really. And so yeah. I am going to play on the back of that moving motorcycle. There will be no dolly. <laughs> right. And I think it, knowing that, you know, as fans go into the video now, um, I think knowing that it's a true live performance, that there wasn't safety rigs, obviously you took the right precautions, but not like over, overly, you know, wired up or anything like that. Um, yeah. I think it's going to give them a whole new appreciation to what, what actually went into doing this. Oh yeah. And it kind of ties into my love of rock and roll too. Like those rock stars, yeah. they have real pyro. They will legitimately jump off a drum set. Like you can't beat authenticity. You just can't, no matter, no matter how cool the special effects are, you just can't beat the real thing. And it was kind of like that for the video too. We just had to do it. And then people were just like, oh my God, it's, it's real. And it's like, yeah, we just wanted to give you the best possible show. <laughs> so cool. Right. And, and I think that is something, you know, again, I've been in the music journalism industry part of it for about 17 years now. So, you know, I've seen all kinds of videos. I've seen all kinds of performances, all that. I think when, when an artist like yourself actually performs the stunt and it's not a double or there's not all the extra safety equipment, things like that, it brings that live energy into the video. Oh yeah, and I kind of like the, you know, when, when the audience is like on the edge of their seat, like, is she gonna do it? 
is are they gonna land it is it gonna be okay <laughs> i kind of like having that little bit of fear factor there it just motivates me to just be better <laughs> but and that that tension and energy that it brings when you do land it is just astronomical right like oh, holy yeah. crap she actually pulled that off like now we're fully invested yep and then i'm just like i did my job i can go cuddle with my kids now <laughs> <laughs> awesome um let's talk a little bit about 2021 you know we're five months in uh pushing six months now but kind of what's the the remainder of the year look like for you um obviously new music and stuff like that are there plans for an ep an album kind of what's your vision for the remainder of the year yeah, so we actually have a lot of new music. Um, we've recorded an album, so we have an album's worth of music, but we're kind of just doing the single game. Um, so the next single is set to come out mid-June, which I'm super excited for. Um, we're kind, you know, we're gonna do crazy stunts because that's just what I do. Right. But the music, um, it's it's similar to Elastic. It fits in, but it has a little bit of a ska feel, almost like no doubt like mm -hmm. older no, no doubt stuff so um each song you'll hear coming out is a little different and has influences from different artists i love like you'll have of course you're gonna you're gonna hear some avril and green day a little bit because right. that's where i came from but like you'll hear <laughs> like a little bit of no doubt like you'll hear a horn in the next song just little 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 flavor like a little sparkle of yeah. it um yeah so it's just live live sounding songs with guitar again um you know the music videos but we're actually like taking a different approach um and like doing you know a video that fans can interact with that maybe they can duet on TikTok and just be like a part of it so we're trying right. yeah covid like made us think outside the box cuz there's you know there's so much competition we're just trying to be really innovative so like trying to reinvent the wheel with music videos like finding something that people can interact with as opposed to just watch so um yeah it'll be new music ways to interact and just trying to just get myself out there as an artist and just keep growing so i'm, I'm really hoping for a tour soon but we definitely have new music coming out guaranteed <laughs> yeah and i think that's cool you know i've i've always been of the belief that especially you know, even if you're not releasing it as a, a true album, right. that first set of songs really should be a showcase of the different of your range, right? Like, right. I don't want to be stuck in this box where I'm back to the novelty thing, like, cool, I right. can play this one type of music, and that's all you're ever going to hear from me. Yeah, but that first set of songs hitting that full gamut, I think is exactly what needs to happen and really be a showcase to say, yeah, I can do the the pop rock, I can do the heavier stuff, I can go into ska or whatever, um, and show that versatility. Oh, yeah, I find myself like loving everything else. But the punk pop always comes back. So like we have all these different styles. And then the ones we've been writing are all coming out, you know, kind of like my roots, the punk pop, but it's so fun to just put little bits and pieces from everything I've had to learn over the years too. Yeah, well, you know, like we were talking earlier with kind of that second coming of of pop punk, um, Machine Gun Kelly, for God's sakes, teamed yeah. up with Travis Barker from Link 182 and put out a pop punk album. So it yes. it's not dead. There's no way. <laughs> oh, my God. So All Time Low put out that new song, Monsters, which yeah. I am obsessed with. And it was 18 weeks, number one. And I'm just like, I told you so. It's not dead. Look at that. It's number yeah. one, 18 weeks. And it's so good. <laughs> yeah. And and for them, you know, especially, again, talk about longevity, right? They've been in the business yeah. 20 years now um, or pushing 20 years. And then yeah. for that song specifically, like, there's the original version. And then they got Black Bear on it. And then yeah, they got Demi Lovato on it. And it's like, holy crap, guys, what are you doing? <laughs> magic that's what they're doing right. <laughs> absolutely oh, so um so i think that's everything i've got for you uh but for the final question um just kind of to to have fun if a tour were to happen and you got to plan it what are the four bands including yourself that you would want to be on tour with oh my god this is totally going back to my roots but 
I would love to tour with Avril Lavigne just because <laughs> I love her so much and <clears throat> I may accidentally throw a shred solo onto one of her songs. Maybe on the bridge, <laughs> I won't go over the vocals. I'm not that mean. Um, I would right. love, yeah, right? Green Day because, oh my God, I saw them um, at the Rose Bowl and they put on one of the best shows I've ever seen. Like the stage was really cool, yeah. but it wasn't like crazy pyro. It's just Billy Joe Armstrong going nuts and just commanding the audience just with his, his showmanship. And I yeah. was just like, I need to play with him. He's just, he's a legend. He is yeah. a legend. Um, Fallout Boy, just because same thing. They remind me a lot of Green Day, just with the way they perform. I love that there's live instruments uh, and I love right. their music too. Oh, they yeah. are so good. And all time low, <laughs> they, you know, we would be a pretty good bill. There'd be a lot of guitars and a lot of jumping up and down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They would yeah and I think because we're all, we're all crazy rockers jumping <laughs> off things. <laughs> but I think the, the interesting thing about this, this lineup that you just came up with is if you really look at it, it's like decades of pop punk, right? Like, yeah. so Green Day really started it off. And oh, then you yeah. would have Avril right after that with Fallout Boy right behind her. Yeah. And then All Time Low kind of that resurgence. And then you yeah. bring in a, a second resurgence of it. Oh man, there would just be so many guitars. It would be beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that needs to happen. <laughs> I'm putting it out there. Yeah, right. Like you got to speak it into existence, exactly, right? That's exactly, exactly how it works. <laughs> but my theory is every punk pop song needs a guitar solo. So I'll bring that one to the table. <laughs> you could always do like the, um, I'm trying to remember who it was that I saw do this, but they had, it was a show in Chicago. It was Every Avenue. Um, they, before they went on their hiatus, they brought in the lead singer from the audition to perform on one of their songs, but they told nobody about it in Chicago. And they're both from the Chicago area. And like, they started playing the song and you're like, who's singing? Cause it's, it's not the guys. And then all of a sudden right. Danny from the audition walks out and you're just like, holy shit. Oh my what God. What just happened here? <laughs> Mind blown. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, so good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, I'm obviously going to link everything, but tell people where they can find you on social media, online, um, and kind of the best place to interact with you and what to expect. Yeah, well, you can pretty much find me everywhere. You can just look up Ariel Guitar and I'll pop up, or you don't even have to type out all of Belle Valaire. Luckily, I'll pop up after Belle. Um, <laughs> but uh, Instagram is Instagram is my home. I love, I love it. Um, yeah, I try to respond to everyone. I try, I keep up with consistent just everything. So you'll get a little taste of gymnastics, some shrednastics as I call it, with the guitar, straight up guitar playing, singing, just everything across the board. Um, you can also find me on Spotify. Uh, we're gonna have a new song up there pretty soon, which I'm so excited about. Yeah. And you know, of course, YouTube, Facebook, and I try to I try to respond to everybody because I just I love the interaction. It just keeps me going. So. Come find me. I'm happy about it. <laughs> awesome. I appreciate your time. I'm looking forward to, to what the rest of the year has for you. Hopefully you'll get out on tour and make it over to the Midwest and we can uh, link up and do an in-person uh, conversation as well. Oh, as... that would be so much fun. I, I love touring the Midwest. <laughs> yeah, it's a different energy. I don't think people have the right respect for the Midwest when it comes to music energy and whatnot like i can we say the love it. shows have been the most fun before during and after yeah <laughs> oh the yeah, energy's so great i i think it's because we almost feel deprived a lot of times you know because so many artists are focused on the coasts because that's where mm -hmm. the big cities are and so like when we finally get that show we show up Yes, and just like the venues there, they take such good care of us. They're like, what do you want to eat? We'll bring you everything. And we're like, really? Oh my God, thank you. <laughs> it's yeah. so great. Uh, I, I really hope to come back soon too. Awesome. 
But I appreciate it. This is actually going to go live tomorrow, so we'll have this up right away. And um, yeah, looking forward to to new music and boasting about you as much as we can. Oh, thank you so much for taking the time for this. This was so much fun. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much and have a great rest of your night. Thank you. You too. Thanks. Bye. And that was my conversation with Ariel. So as always, I definitely hope you guys enjoyed that conversation. Um, again, a relative newcomer to solo projects and solo work. Um, but I really think sky's the limit for her. She's got so much going for her. Um, from, you know, inspirations that she's taking from Avril Lavigne, Green Day, Fallout Boy, All Time Low. Um, you know, the, the list goes on and on and that's just kind of lyrically, um, as far as her guitar work goes, you know, we talked about her love of crazy train and, um, she's performed guns and roses and Michael Jackson. So like the guitar work is second to none. She's got such potential and depth within that. Um, and then lyrically, again, putting those pop punk lyrics or semi-pop rock um, lyrics over the, the guitar work that she's doing is just this beautiful blend of sounds. And I really think that in the next couple years, you know, maybe sooner than that, um, you're going to see her a, a lot more, her name's going to be out there a lot more. Um, but kind of what I felt like when I started watching her YouTube videos, um, some of the stuff she posts on Instagram and things like that, I get a very, very strong feeling of like, Lizzie Hale from Hailstorm, um, Nita Strauss, you know, these just very powerful women within the rock genre, you know, as much as I hate to use genre labels. Um, but Ariel has so much room to grow and really dominate her space within this realm if you will and again sky's the limit so i'm looking forward to it uh as she mentioned there towards the end there is new music coming in just a couple weeks uh, a new single will be dropping she's got tons of music planned obviously we're all hopeful for live shows and tours to come back so We'll definitely try to keep you posted on that as well. Um, and as always, in the description of this podcast is links to Ariel's social medias and her webpage and all that. So be sure you go give her a like, subscribe, follow, all that stuff. Let her know that you listened to her conversation with me. Um, and yeah. Go enjoy some new music. Um, I think that this is definitely a artist that is on the rise, and it's really going to be one of those just a matter of time before it explodes for her. So looking forward to it. Uh, as always, if you guys could like, share, follow, subscribe to the podcast. Um, Instagram and Facebook for You Make the Scene. That would be amazing as well. Uh, all those things go huge into analytics. And I know the business and tech side is not something that everybody cares about. But what that means for us, I've said it before, uh, the more likes, subscribes, follows, things like that that we have, the more often it's getting shared and listened to the more opportunity we have to interview the bands that you guys want and, you know, climb that ladder to get some of the bigger bands to 
give us more time. Um, you know, we've had a few relatively big bands on and unfortunately just based on the way schedules work, we weren't given, you know, of an hour or whatever. So, you know, the more that we can produce these numbers, the more uh, potential for us getting the bigger time slots with some of these artists. Um, and lastly, if you head over to the Instagram page, I put up a post just the other day about considering starting a, a second podcast. Uh, this would keep going as a weekly thing here, uh, but the second podcast would be specifically about mental health and mental health awareness and, you know, kind of that arena. Um, the idea is that I may start a second podcast to speak with artists, musicians about their mental health experiences, um, raising mental health awareness, their struggles, all that sort of stuff. Um, I know we talk about mental health a lot on this particular podcast, uh, but we always try to tie it to the latest release and things like that. And the secondary podcast would be more focused on the mental health. Um, we would talk, obviously, about any of their music that ties into it, but it wouldn't always necessarily be about the newest project. So if that's something you're interested in, let us know in the comments on that post. Also, let us know who you would like to hear from, um, and we will definitely do our best to get that going. And that is everything for this week, guys. So, we will take you out with the current single by Ariel Belvalere, and that song is called Elastic. Remember, guys, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and you make the scene.